0: Here's your conservative,
1: but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Folks, we do a lot of things on this program. I try to serve you in as many ways as I know how. And I have something that I saw this morning in preparing for this program that I just wanted to share with you. Think of it as a service to you in this audience. Susan Sarandon is on the market Saw this in Fox News as I was doing some final show prep this morning. Just wanted to pass this along. 74-year-old actress was on a podcast called Divorced Not Dead. She was asked what she was looking for in a partner, and she said that she really just has one requirement. That, of course, is that the person she dates has been vaccinated for COVID. (laughs) Sorry, I can't. This just entertains me. She then went on to add, "I don't care if it's a man or a woman. I mean, I'm open to all age, all color, and those for me, those for me, those things are just details. So, just wanted to pass that along this morning as a public service announcement. Susan Sarandon's on the market. Just as long as you've had the COVID vaccine, you are, you are possibly a candidate, possibly a candidate for her today. Welcome to the program. I'm your host, Todd Huff." Email me your thoughts, questions, opinions, adoration, and praise will also be accepted. I'm not sure if you send me an email about wanting to date Susan Sarandon. Um, I guess I can see if I can forward that to someone at Fox, (laughs) but I don't know what else to do about that. But nonetheless, I welcome you to this this program, and I ask that you, uh, for those that listen to this program that want to make sure that you don't lose this content, because we are, and we'll talk about cancel culture a little bit today. But we are living in the age of, of cancel culture, and uh, the best way to keep uh, contact with us, there's a couple of ways. Sign, sign up for our free email newsletter, which goes out on Tuesdays, com slash subscribe. That's one way to make sure, that's probably the best way to make sure that we don't break uh, you know, break apart through the cancel culture nonsense digitally. The other is to download the podcast, Todd Huff Show, to search uh, your podcast favorite platform for those podcasts you can also follow us currently this is always a question mark on social media just search the todd huff show on places like youtube facebook twitter gab and parlor who has asked apple well, apple is still not cooperating with parlor i saw this last night headline postmillennial.com Apple denies Parler's request to be reinstated in the App Store. So the, the Parler website, I believe, is back up, I believe. I always use the app. Um, I haven't really checked. I guess we can do that. Maybe Oz can check that now. But I think Parler's website is up. It was at one point. They moved it from Amazon Web Services. Now they're trying to get their app back up and running. But Apple, so reports the post-millennial, has declined to do that. The tech giant Apple, writes the post-millennial, has declined the social media site Parler's request to be relisted on the App Store, Bloomberg News reports. So they reviewed it and they said no. Parler was kicked off the App Store and Google Play Store in the wake of the January 6th riot on Capitol Hill By supporters of then-President Donald Trump, the website was widely accused of facilitating conversations which helped lead to the incident. Remember this, we we had research, science had proven, science, my friends, science had proven through research that it was only a handful, I forget the number. I mean, it was like either single digits or around a dozen, I don't remember the exact figure, but the number of people that um, used parlor to communicate and to coordinate the activities the uh, the storming of the Capitol, the violence the stupid junk that we saw that day only a handful of people use parlor more people use facebook facebook's on uh, you you can get the app of face facebook on the app store they've not been targeted parlor on the other hand has anyway so that's going on cancel culture is alive and well in our society. And I want st- to actually play, I saw this this morning, I have a bunch of stuff that I have on the list, as is often the case that I would like to get to, just depending upon the course of how things unfold in a given day. But I want to talk, I want to actually play and talk about Tulsi Gabbard. She was a guest on uh, with Trey Gowdy on Fox News uh, recently. And I want you to hear what she has to say about cancel culture. Now, Tulsi Gabbard, a Democrat, Tulsi Gabbard, which I don't understand, to be quite honest. I don't understand how one, and I, I truly appreciate it. I want you to know that. I, I I appreciate what she's saying. I agree with these sentiments. I wish that more folks in the Democrat Party would say what Tulsi Gabbard said. Is saying, I wish more people would understand the things Tulsi Gabbard has a grasp on, that those in the cancel culture, those in the radical left, those in the snowflake movement of the radical left, don't have the slightest clue about. Those representatives, those congressmen, those senators, those presidents and vice presidents who don't grasp the seriousness of a cancel culture. Of course, they benefit politically from it. And they know it, and they're utilizing it. So there's the game to this. But I wish more Democrats, especially rank and file Democrats, would understand this. I don't. After listening to what she says, and knowing what I know about Tulsi Gabbard, I, it's a head scratcher for me as to why she's still why she's still a Democrat. But it gives me um, that aside. It's it's encouraging. It's encouraging, frankly, to hear people on the other side say things like this. So she's on with Trey Gowdy. Trey uh, Trey Gowdy asks or says to her, says the Tulsi Gabbard, former representative from the great, beautiful state of Hawaii. He says, tell me what the cancel culture is and why we should be concerned with it. right?" And we know what cancel culture is. We've seen it in all of its glory we know what it is we know the intentions we know uh, what folks are trying to do with cancel culture it is a blunt force political object pretty much to be used and to be wielded against democrats actually republicans conservatives and it's just refreshing to hear tulsi gabbard and what she says here. So I want to play this. This is a couple minutes long, but I do want you to hear this, and I want to talk briefly about this at the conclusion of her of her comments. Here's here's the exchange between Tulsi Gabbard and Trey Gowdy, Fox News.
0: Friend, it's good to talk to you as always. Likewise. All right. I used to turn to you when we were serving together for guidance. Tell me what the cancel culture is and why we should be concerned with it. Well, you you rightly started this conversation talking about, about freedom. When you look at the foundation of our democracy, it is based on this ideal, this principle of freedom, freedom of speech, freedom for, for every single one of us to be able to share our ideas and debate them, to argue them, to agree or to disagree, uh, to, to pick and choose in this marketplace of ideas those that we deem to be right or wrong, to be superior or inferior. And, and even for those ideas that may be misleading or dangerous, that in this free marketplace, we have the right to then defeat those ideas with, with superior ones. And others have have the freedom to choose, choose what they want to believe or not to believe or what they want to adhere to. So when you look at this question, what is cancel culture? Cancel culture is the opposite of this. It is exactly the opposite of this foundational principle of our democracy. It means that in a cancel culture, you have some people uh, who believe that they are special, that they are superior, that they have the power. Uh, to be able to shut down those who have ideas and views that are different, who, who may follow a path that they deem to be the wrong path, and will therefore say, nope, we're going to place obstacles in front of you, we're going to silence certain voices, uh, so that only those who agree with us in the path that we deem to be right is the one that is before you to choose. And, and the issue with this—there's there, a few issues—but the, the main issue with this is, when you look at our rights and freedoms, and, and our ability to, to debate them and respectfully come out the other end, agreeing or disagreeing, as you and I have over the years, it's based on the fact that we are all children of God, and recognizing that we Uh-oh. then treat each other with respect and respect this freedom that we have. So, let's look down the path and say, okay, well, where does this cancel culture lead us? You see the final expression of cancel culture in Islamist terrorist groups like uh, ISIS and Al-Qaeda— who 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 uh, basically go and behead those who are in they deem to be infidels or or heretics, in order to silence them, in order to protect others from being misled by by those heretical ideas in, in the eyes of an ISIS or or uh, Al
1: Qaeda. So there you go. She's she's got more comments after that, but that that's what I wanted to get to. I wanted you to hear. Someone in the Democrat Party actually stand up and proclaim truth. This is refreshing. And I, you know, there's a lot of things I remember watching the debates during the uh, Democrat primary. And I remember thinking, you know what, there's Tulsi Gabbard actually makes sense from time to time. It got to the point where I was thinking, what on earth, what on earth about the Democrat uh, platform does Tulsi Gabbard embrace because she sounds like she's got a whole lot of sense, and that platform is complete and utter nonsense. And but here she is talking about cancel culture. Here she is talking about this group of people uh, who believe that, that, as she put it, they have the they believe that they have the power and the right. To prevent you, prevent me, prevent other people from having certain ideas, certain opinions, certain beliefs. And they're going to shut you up and they're not going to let you tell anyone about those. Because they know better than you. They have more power than you. They can determine which ideas can be expressed. Why would a free society ever allow this to happen? Why would it ever allow this to happen? We are. It's happening right before our very eyes and as she puts it, this this belief system taken to the extreme, unchecked is what has, has happened with ISIS and other Islamic jihadists, other uh, militant Islamic terrorist groups and organizations. you will believe what we believe or else we will actually quite literally kill you. We will cut your head off. We will. Uh, remember ISIS in its early days they were even coming up with I mean uh, it's like they were taking requests from viewers how what crazy way can we kill the next person it's like a reality show almost I mean it's it's just disgusting and brutal and out of control but she's right that is that is cancel culture at its end I mean that is the uh, totalitarian cancel culture right now we have cancel culture that's trying to manipulate and to uh, put pressure on groups, intimidate, harm financially, people who don't agree or profess the same things, the politically correct thing to believe, which is what the Democrat Party narrative is. That's what's politically correct. It always has been. It always will be. And so right now they're not obviously to that extent. But to her point, that is the ideology that's braced by it by Islamic terrorist groups. Believe what we believe or face dire, dire consequences. So I want to share a little bit more about that, this idea that there are people out there that think that they have the power, think that they have the authority to be the belief police, the belief police and these Folks, uh, this, is, this is where, in my opinion, this idea of a technocracy or the, tech, the technocrats, folks that are experts, like, say, Dr. Fauci in his particular lane and area, folks that uh, cannot be questioned, folks that when they say something, you better darn well do it or else, especially when Democrats are, are in power. so. Share some thoughts about that on the other side of the break. Plenty of other things to get to. Sit tight. Be back here in just a minute. Welcome back. Sorry, listening to something here during the break. By the way, this program brought to you in part, part by—look, we have lots of folks. In fact, you can go to supportouradvertisers.com to see a full listing of folks who help make this program possible. And I invite you to do that. I invite you to—we're talking about cancel culture—to combat it by not punishing those who don't agree with you politically. Instead, by looking to do business with those who uh, make this program possible. Who help promote freedom and liberty. They don't necessarily agree with the things that are said on this program, although let's be honest, they absolutely and unequivocally should. But nonetheless, uh, check those folks out, supporteradvertisers.com. One of our uh, one of the folks that make this program possible is Apprentice University. Apprentice University in Brownsburg, they offer an alternative, offer an alternative to traditional College If you're a student, if you're looking to go to school or just considering your options after college, if you're a parent of a student, a grandparent of a student, have them check out Apprentice University. It offers apprenticeship opportunities. It's not a traditional uh, college or university, but it gives you hands-on experience. And not only that, they bypass, they bypass some of the nonsense. Uh, and some of the craziness that happens on college campuses every second of our lives in fact tomorrow we'll have Matt Lamon of the College Fix he talks about uh, he comes on once a month to give us an update on some of the things that's happening in education and on college campuses around the country but apprentice university provides an alternative to that it's affordable it's a it's a great idea for those who want to learn about, um, you know, the categories. And there's there's a pretty broad category of of majors, I guess, or programs at Apprentice University. Check them out, though. Apprentice.university is the website. Apprentice.university. Ron and his team will take good care of you, answer your questions. Be sure to tell them that we sent you. Anyway, I want to get back to this idea, what we're talking about before the break, which is... Which is this concept? Tulsi Gabbard hit on it. That some people think that they are, that they have more, uh, I guess they have the ultimate decision making power as to which ideas we're allowed to embrace. The the thought police, right? I mean, that's really what this comes down to. We're going to tell you what you can think, we're going to tell you what beliefs you can have. And if you don't, if you don't have those, we guess you can technically have them because you live in the United States of America. They say that begrudgingly, but they think there will be hell to pay. You, you want to be a conservative today? <laughs> don't, post it on, don't post it on social media. Don't try to ask questions about any of the legislation. HR 1, for example, Don't when you do that, you better not make any reference whatsoever to election integrity because you will be charged with undermining our elections. That's right, undermining our democracy, which is one of their favorite things to say, undermining our democracy, trying to take away people's confidence in our system. You're an insurrectionist. Give me a break, right? I mean, no one that I know defends or is in favor of what happened on January 6th at the Capitol building. Those folks, as I said from the first day on this program after that happened, those folks should be prosecuted according to law and face trials Um, if if, if they just agree to go to trial or plea bargain or whatever the situation, whatever those district attorneys decide to do, they should face the consequences. Said it from day one. It's not a complicated thing. But it doesn't mean that everyone who had questions about electors, from Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz, all the way down to regular folks in this country, it did not mean that we had anything to do whatsoever. It is patronizing and absurd and ridiculous to think that we did. But they want to group everyone together and then say, you're guilty by association. Just like, just like, by the way, every Democrat is not responsible for every city that was set ablaze by the radicals in the Black Lives Matter movement. Every person that protested at a Black Lives Matter rally is not responsible for, uh, for the violent actions that took place, right? A protester is different from, is different from a rioter. In fact, I've, I've come on this program before, and we'll do that really quickly. When does a protest become a riot, right? You're at a protest— when you are marching and there's no uh fisticuffs being thrown, no one's dancing on top of a police car. There's no uh, there's no objects flying through the air like bricks or uh, cans of soup and vegetables. Nothing like that. There's no fires in the middle of the street. People are simply sharing their opinion. They're not, uh, you know, shutting cities down to where folks can't. I mean, there's a little bit of that, I guess. It gets uh, when you look at protesting, they people are trying to get attention. But you know, if you're if you're completely shutting down an interstate, um, that that's a dangerous thing, and you've you're venturing into the world of uh, much more than than simply a protest. But certainly, when you see people dancing and kicking, dancing on top of and kicking uh, police cars, right? They're they're bashing out windows, setting cars on fire. When you see people running into stores and running out of stores with things that they didn't buy, sometimes accompanied by fire in these facilities, when you see bricks and things flying through the air, when you see fires in the streets, when you feel the need to cover your face so that you won't be identified later on the news by law enforcement and law uh, authorities in the uh, police and you know, in, in the law enforcement community when you're afraid of being identified for the actions and activities that took place, you, my friend, are now attending a riot. This is not complicated stuff. And it doesn't mean, right, you have your, your peaceful protest, which, by the way, Chris Cuomo is still looking for. He doesn't know where we get this idea that protests must remain peaceful. Remember when he said that back back in the summer? Would he have applied the same words and logic that's not logic but his logic to the capital breach in january is that the same thing to chris cuomo show me where it says protests have to be peaceful um the first amendment right people have the right to peaceably assemble chris i don't know what's so complicated about this i thought you were a legal scholar at least one that had gone through law school the rest of us can find this by simply referencing the bill of rights and seeing it's right there smack dab middle in the First Amendment, easy to see, easy to find, easy to understand. Chris Cuomo cannot because, again, the Black Lives Matter movement was was a, was promoting ideas and making accusations against primarily uh, conservative and Republican principles, things like uh, supporting the police, right? I mean that's uh, been thrown out the window. By the way, the uh, – Democratic, what is it, congressional, the DC, the DCCC has recently hired, I saw this, as chief technology officer who's got some humdingers of some tweets that she's made in the past, basically going after law enforcement. It's a perfect fit. It's a match made in heaven, today's Democrat party and this radical. But anyway, a protest, every protester who went there peaceably, peaceably is not responsible for the actions of the people that started setting fires and you know looting places unless they stayed around and participated but that's not what happens oftentimes and the same is true for you and me we may have had questions about electors we may have had questions about allegations that were brought by thousands of people who signed affidavits related to the things that happened in polling locations on uh, during the elections in November but we did not do anything at the Capitol. We're not responsible for any of that. That's a totally different totally different ball game. And what they try to do is they try to lump us together. They try to silence us. They try to associate us with them. And anything we say there, by their by their broken logic, is basically used to say, see, these this is what happens when you have conservatives share ideas, you have people take over the Capitol, try to overthrow our government. <laughs> overthrow I mean pretty dramatic overstatement as to what happened there right try to overthrow the government like whether well, they're going to take the capital and suddenly we're going to be like all right i guess now these folks are ruling this country what is what i don't understand but that that's what the narrative was trump was dangerous biden is you know not he may not be able to walk and chew gum at the same time and that's referencing something that one of his bureaucrats said i think it was yesterday or maybe Tuesday. Anyway. The cancel culture is a, is a dangerous thing. Left to itself, left unchecked, in its most extreme circumstances, what we find is what we find in groups like ISIS. That's what Tulsi Gabbard, Democrat, former representative in the House of Representatives from the state of Hawaii, that's what she said to Trey Gowdy. She is, she is correct on that. It's refreshing to hear. And I welcome... I welcome them. I welcome to to hear ideas like that, the beliefs like that. For more Democrats, it would make uh, that's what we need. We need people. We need common sense to at least begin to take back the party, the Democrat Party, from these extremists. Not that I'm anywhere near embracing it, but man, folks, we don't need an ideology running one of our political parties. That is so far off the political spectrum that is that is dangerous that is truly at its core anti-American in a lot of ways, that is not a good place to be in this nation. And we're reaping the results of that today. Quick timeout, a little bit long in this segment. You're listening here to the Home of Conservative Not Bitter Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. So, so talked about Tulsi, Tulsi Gabbard again. If you missed that, I encourage you to, to listen to what she said. It's it's um, it is again encouraging to hear coming from the Democrat Party. It's encouraging to uh, to hear that, and I welcome more of that. My goodness, it would be nice to not have to debate some of these extreme, over the top. Positions. I mentioned yesterday, earlier, not yesterday, I mentioned earlier today a comment <laughs> that uh, one of Biden's bureaucrats, I guess, made yesterday. She's talking about the border. Now, we talked about the border yesterday. We talked about this truly unmitigated. It is an unmitigated disaster. Checkpoints are being shut down, they're asking for volunteers. It is—I mean, folks, we are, again, we are seven weeks in. Seven weeks in. Trump makes a statement. I'm going to share that with you if you didn't see that. Trump shares a statement, before I play this soundbite from uh, one of Biden's folks, talking about being able to walk and chew gum at the same time, which is a bizarre thing to do because I'm not sure Biden can walk and pet his dog at the same time. But anyway, we have— This statement, here it is, Trump released this statement yesterday, I'm pausing, it might have been the night before, but it says this, yeah, it was the evening of March 9th. It says this, statement, (laughs) I love this statement, by Donald J. Trump, 45th President of the United States of America, that's the headline, and you know it makes, that, that just provokes the left. What's this guy talking about? It's a factual statement, by the way. But they want him to be known as the former president, but he says he's the 45th president of the United States of America, which is true. I just think this is funny because he knows how to goad these folks. This is what it says. When I was president, our southern border was in great shape, stronger, safer, and more secure than ever before. We ended catch and release, shut down asylum fraud, and crippled the vicious smugglers, drug dealers, and human traffickers. The wall – despite horrendous Democrat delays, would have easily been finished by now and is working magnificently. I love how Trump uses these, used these words. Our country is being destroyed at the southern border, a horrible thing to see. He is not wrong on this, folks. Again, in seven weeks, seven weeks, these jokers have taken over and totally destroyed any sort of semblance of security, and order along our nation's southern border. Seven weeks ago, do you remember any of this? Was any of this happening? I'm sure that the media will explain to us why, why this would have happened with Trump, why Trump's probably really at fault anyway. That's how this works in the world of the radical left and the insane people in the media, the fake news, as Trump says. But I want you to listen to this explanation. This is... uh, an official named Roberta Jacobson, she's taking questions from the media talking about uh, the what's happening at the border. And I want you to listen to what she says. This is the exchange.
2: Things we learned about ensuring that funds get to the communities that are really in need, whether it's post-hurricane or uh, coffee rust, which was ravaging Guatemala and Honduras, or you know, a historic drought. So comparing um, hurricanes to what's what happening look on the border. At the issue of mixed messages, um, it, it is difficult at times to convey both hope in the future and the danger that is now when the and left that is, is in what charge. We're yes, to do. and I, I I will certainly agree that we are trying to. Walk and chew gum at the same time. We are trying to Good convey luck. to everybody in the region that we will have legal processes for people in the future, and we're standing those up as soon as we can. But at the same time, you cannot come through irregular means. It's dangerous, and you know, the it. majority of people will be sent out of the United States because – that is the truth of it. We and want to be honest with law. people, and so we are trying.
1: Yeah, the question is whether or not that's really happening. The question is whether or not what what they're really concerned about here is the the optics of this, right? You've got you've got thousands of people, many that are unaccompanied minors, children coming to the border, and they don't want cameras there. They don't want people seeing whatever happens. Uh, with you know, putting putting children in cages, they've opened the, those facilities back up. Oh, putting c- children in cages, and those cages were those cages, folks. Those cages are in concentration camps. That's what o- AOC told us when Trump was president. That's what the Democrat Party is doing today. They won't let the media in those places. They won't talk about how many people, how many young people, children are detained in those places. They don't want to see that. That is what this is all about. This is about preventing the optics of this from looking bad. They don't want any pictures that show children in the cages that supposedly Trump put children in. Even though those cages were built by the Obama administration from previous years, none of that matters because the narrative is Trump puts children in cages, in concentration camps, trying to separate families, destroy the lives of people that are just trying to make a better way for themselves. That is the narrative. It's not reality, but that is the narrative. That's what they want you to believe. And why is everybody coming to the border now? Why? It is as obvious as the noonday sun. The reason is because people think Trump and his policies were not going to budge. The border was going to be secure as humanly possible with Biden and the radical left at the at the helm they believe if they get here there's going to be some pathway to citizenship there's going to be something that they can benefit from and they are prepared to do it and again as i've said before i do not fault people for wanting to come here i i am so grateful myself for being an american i am blessed you are blessed i know we can all have individual difficulties just as as being alive on this planet but as far as As far as the system of government and the country that we live in, folks, we are blessed and better off, if you're going through difficulties, please don't misunderstand what I'm saying here, but we are better off than the vast, 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 vast majority of people who have ever walked on this planet. And so I am grateful. The thing is, see, I'm consistent. You're consistent. We talk about this country in great ways. We understand why people would want to come to a great country. I don't understand why people would want to come to a country the way that the Democrats talk about it, the way that the radical left talks about it anyway. Quick timeout. Back here in just a minute. Yes, I know the COVID relief bill passed. It's sitting on Biden's desk. He will sign it. We knew that yesterday. One point nine trillion dollars. And they're gonna talk about it as though problem solved right now. But of course, here in no time at all. We're gonna need to spend more money. There's gonna be another emergency. It's gonna be untold trillions of dollars. And here we march down this path of, of lunacy. But I wanna share something here too. And I look, I've I've I don't, um, I don't really, yeah, we don't talk, we might talk about masks, but these things are personal decisions and so forth. Vaccines, that's that's all stuff, decisions that, that you make. But I want to share this with you, this COVID, just listen to this. CDC has new guidelines on people that have been fully vaccinated. And depending upon which vaccine you've taken, that means different things. But I want you to listen to this, this explanation of what the CDC, I don't, the average person can have, I have no idea what they're talking about. I mean, you, you need a map to, to make sense of this. Listen to this. Listen to how they explain this.
2: DC recommends those who are fully vaccinated can visit other fully vaccinated people in small gatherings indoors without masks or social distancing. And the agency says fully vaccinated people can also visit with unvaccinated people from a single family without masks or social distancing if those they're meeting are not at high risk for severe illness from COVID-19. You got that? When fully vaccinated people are visiting with
1: un- You got that? I don't even want to go through what she says next. You can small group in a home if you've been fully vaccinated. If the other person has it, you can still meet as long as they're not at high risk. And I mean, this stuff is impossible. Fauci's out there saying, hey, when the CDC doesn't even have the science, he was asked this on one of these stupid CNN shows. But when the CDC doesn't have the science, they just make a judgment. Right. And that's what we've seen. Oz asked if we could make judgments, and I said, no. Are you a scientist, Oz? Are you a scientist? Because if you're not a scientist, you're not allowed to make a judgment any longer in the United States of America. You must be a fully credentialed scientist, probably a Democrat, in order to make these decisions. Fauci says, "Yeah, when they don't have the science, they just make judgments. (sighs) Got to take a break. Listening to Conservative Not Better Talk, I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in a minute. My friends, at the end of the program here today, um, just wrapping up. But look, I appreciate you listening. Again, if you haven't downloaded the podcast or signed up for our email newsletter, consider doing that. Both are completely free. show.com slash subscribe is where you can sign up for the newsletter. Those go out on Tuesdays. In fact, if you want, you will even send you a free conservative not bitter membership card. In fact, I'm looking at adding a few things that I think. I think you'll enjoy in the newsletter. And then also podcasts. Podcast is really, those are the ways that avoid these social media shutdowns and cancel culture, which we talked about today. So just search your podcast platform for that. I've got to go. SDG. See you tomorrow. Take care.